Okay, Emma, I'm sorry to interrupt your party, which is like literally jump around <laughs> playing in the background. <laughs> TBT! Um, but for this holiday episode being released the week before Christmas. Yeah. And just sort of the week before New Year's and all of that. And, and just sort of. <laughs> um, Get out of here with the gentle language, Grace. We have some listener mail that needs addressing. Oh. Okay, so Corey, much referenced on the pod. My Who's mom. Who's Corey? Oh, your mom. Grace's mom. Um, she wanted us to, to have a... She, she responded to our episode last week. What did she say? She said, listen to the pod yesterday. Loved getting shout outs. Don't worry. No Uggs are coming your way. Thank God. No one needs a fawn colored Ugg. Or two. Although I will say we did have a fawn colored pug. And (laughs) (laughs) loved it. Oh my God. Fawn colored (laughs) Ugg versus fawn colored pug. (laughs) Who will win the battle? We'll we'll set up an Instagram uh, vote. You can choose. Um, A poll coming your way. She says she has a couple comments, not the least of which is to point out that Nancy Reagan was a huge believer in astrology and really freaked people out about (laughs) (laughs) In my research of astrology, it did mention specifically how astrology was really big in the 80s. Oh, there you go. And then it sort of like took a little bit of a dip and now it's big again. Okay, baby boomer recognizing trends. Good Good for you, ma. Um, she also <laughs> says, this is, I guess, her second point, because she says she has an, a couple comments, and the first one is Nancy Reagan, and the second is that she has several Christmas co- presents coming to me. <laughs> and, uh, and that's it. That's all of her comments is an extended list of what she's getting a couple of people in my life. Thanks, Corey. Thanks, Ma. What will we do without you? Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. <laughs> See you in a fortnight. See you in a fortnight. <laughs> Welcome to TBT with Grace and Emma, a podcast on the millennial generation and how we came to be. I'm Emma. I'm Grace. Hey. hey. <laughs> on this week's episode, we open up with a couple games we um, also talk about Drake's birthday party that was very appropriately themed. We dig into a thought piece on the millennial generation from our favorite publication, the New York Times, Ooh. a hometown newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> and we wrap it all up with some more singing because we, we know how much everyone loves that. Please don't stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Mm. Hey, Emma. Hey, Grace. How you doing? Good. Yeah. How are you? I'm great. Good. You know, can't complain. Nothing to complain about. Yeah. Believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Happy, uh, at this point, mid-December. Hey. Whoa. Ooh, that's weird. To yeah. record for the future. Yeah. We're recording for the future. Yeah. But I think that'll be fine. Hopefully everything's still fine. Yeah. How's December, everybody? You tell us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to project or predict. Um, great. Awesome. Let's go. Emma, I, because it's nearing the holidays, in fact, at this point, Hanukkah will already have passed. Yeah. Oh. This airs. Yeah. Actually, like, 
Happy Hanukkah, Happy first day Hanukkah. of Hanukkah. Spoiler alert, it's December 2nd. <laughs> um, so with the holidays in mind, and we have Christmas coming up, I have a few games. And <gasps> you know me, as Ugh. we learned in last episode, Grace loves her capitalism. <laughs> and she loves hawking her products across the internet. I think this is a broader theme that we're discussing. Yeah. Millennials and capitalism. Well, it doesn't end here. Mm. So, uh, I have I have a couple. I have two back to back games that I like to play with you to really test how well you understand how millennials consume, especially but not exclusively around the holidays. Bring it on! Yeah, Kirsten Dunst, Great. Gabrielle Union. Thank you. Next, Torrance, California. Oh, did you see next, the new music next, video? Thank you. Next, next, thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, I've seen parts of it. Got it. Aaron Samuels. Yeah. Well, they reference Bring It On. I know. It's amazing. I saw some clips. Yeah. Great. Well done, Ariana. Um, okay. So, the first is a multiple choice game. Love it. Emma, I was reading an article about a new company that came out. That was marketing for millennial women, and this is a real company. So I'm gonna I'm gonna name three companies, and you have to tell me which is the real one. Okay. I was flabbergasted. <laughs> okay. Um. So there's three there's that I've created. Option number one, or sorry, one's real, two I've created. Option number it's one. It's like two truths and a lie, but the opposite. Exactly. Right. Okay. Go. Not like K N O T. A hardware store for millennial women where there is a curated selection of products that, sorry, this is quote, curated selection of products that best serve women DIYers, including rose gold nails and a pink <laughs> toolkit. Okay, that's option number one. Okay, cool. The second is called Roll, a tire shop for millennial women. <laughs> Where showrooms are designed to look like, quote, bright and trendy hair salons or coffee shops. What? Or three, tumble, a, laundro <laughs> a laundromat for millennial women where you can find free Wi-Fi. And on Wednesday nights, every Wednesday, they host a speed dating event where people can, quote, find their match like a missing sock in your laundry basket. Oh, my God. End quote. Okay, wait, you made up some of these, right? Yes, I made up two of them. Okay, shout-outs to you, Gracie. <laughs> I these all sound like amazing <laughs> business opportunities. It makes me sad that they sound a little real. TM, TM. Yeah, the I think it's totally one of, real. Yeah, the fact that one of these is real already makes me hurt. I think it's not. You think it's the first one? No, 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 no. Oh. I think it's the second one. <laughs> you think it's not or you think it's not? <laughs> Do you think it's not the hardware store? No, I think it's roll the... Roll the tire shop or tumble a laundromat. Oh, I think it's roll the tire shop. It is roll a tire Wait, shop. So I actually thought conceptually that it was not. But the reason that it gave it away is because it's so outrageous that they're yeah. like, it's like a beauty parlor. I know. But it's for your car. They, car. In, like, they were described as bright and trendy hair salons or coffee shops. Like that was their inspo for this tire I shop. I totally get it. Yeah. I would go. Yeah. 
Tire stores are so They're overwhelming so and scary. Though. <laughs> and masculine. <laughs> well, that yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it, it's a signal that the way that tire shops are set up are not necessarily <laughs> very welcoming. I'm into it. But I, I don't go. know. Maybe it's utilitarian. I've been... I've only been to the Costco tire section. I've never actually been to a shop for tires. Have oh. you? A lot. Oh. When I owned my car, I used to have to do a lot of maintenance on it because it was a pretty old car, and I had to go to a lot of mechanics and stuff. Oh, man. In New York, in New Orleans. But you, like, look through tires, and we're like, this is the tire I Oh, want. my God, no way. I was like, just put a tire <laughs> on it, and I'll pay whatever you tell me to pay. <laughs> Got it. I used to do this thing where I would go to the Jiffy Lube up the street from my house because I was, like, constantly paranoid that my tires were low, yeah. that the air was low, yeah. and I didn't know how to check it. And even, even let's say I did learn how to check it, I don't trust myself. Yeah, yeah. So, it's really fickle getting the air, like, testing the air in your tires. Yeah. Even with that little, like, dinky measurer. Right. The dinky measurer. Right. Yeah. In and of itself. Anyways, I would, like, totally flirt with the guy at the Jiffy Lube so that he would put the air in my tires for mm, free, mm-hmm. which he did. Yep. I wish I didn't have to do that, sell my sexuality in exchange for some free air in my tires. No, it is 100% true. I've also gotten free air in my tires just by being, like, a damsel in distress. <laughs> Fuck. That makes me sad. Anyway, bring on roll. 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 <laughs> Why did we have to roll our R's? Because I, did, I thought if I said roll... It wouldn't sound oh. easy to understand. Wall. Roll. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 Oh, man. Uh. Uh, I never a development reference for those who are like, wait. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, Heavy.com released the ultimate millennial gift guide of 2018. What is heavy.com? I don't know. It's a website. Okay. I think, um, yeah. We're really just letting anyone come to the Any- conversation, aren't we? The barriers are down. Okay. It's, yeah. I don't know. Actually, may- maybe I should do some research. <laughs> I It's okay, whatever it is, because I found their, holo- so again, this is the, what did I call it? Oh, yeah. They called it the ultimate millennial gift guide 2018. So good. Also, sorry, I know I'm like all over the place, but fine. I want a laundromat with speed dating. Oh, yeah. I would 100, 100% go to a laundromat with speed dating. What else are you going to do while you're waiting for your clothes? Nothing. You have, it is downtime. Nothing to do. You can meet the love of your life. Also, I or think. Or an interesting person to have sex with. What? By law, every laundromat should have Wi Fi. <laughs> oh, sometimes I think, yes. Sometimes I think, man, I should open my own laundromat. But by law, don't do you think our city should just have free Wi-Fi? Ooh. Don't burden the people who own these laundromats. Interesting. I have a feeling that if you did that, the Wi-Fi would be really shitty. What are you trying to say about our public services? Uh, I'm just saying, like, if the airport can't give you really good Wi-Fi, how is the city going to do it? Um... Capitalism. Okay. Corporate You're right. partnerships. You're right. I was going to say, they San need Francisco to, like, free Wi Fi brought to you by Google. Like, well, yeah. come on, Google. Okay, SF would have good internet, but there are cities and towns that don't even have access to high speed internet. There are schools that don't have access to good internet. I know. And I don't understand. So, yeah, I can see SF getting free Wi Fi as a city. Can't you? Palo Alto Sponsored by Oracle does. or whatever. Palo Alto. I think Palo Alto- 
Jeez Louise. Or no, just town and country, the shopping mall. Okay, oh, we've yeah. diverged. Okay. Let's go back. Heavy.com. So this is what they are saying is what every millennial wants for Christmas. Okay, so I'm going to say, I'm going to ask a question open-ended, and you're going to tell me what it is, okay? So, for example, we'll start with an easy one. Okay. They say that on this ultimate gift guide of, like, 35 items, one of the things we want is a stuffed animal or, like, a plush in the shape of... A Furby. Let me me just talk (laughs) through it. Oh, sorry. Also, Furbies are not stuffed. (laughs) (laughs) A stuffed animal in the shape of what often stereotype millennial food? Avocado. Close. Chai tea. No, no, no. Like something to do with avocados. Toast. Yeah, avocado toast. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's fun. You need me to act. Avocado toast. Yeah, yeah. Final answer. Great. That's correct. What? Oh, no. Yeah, so like what they're saying is that what we all want for Christmas is avocado toast stuffed animal. Okay, oh, my God. Next one. It's an. It's one of those, like, ugly Christmas sweaters, and it lights up, and there's a unicorn on it. What is the unicorn doing? Peeing. Pooping. Close. Really? Having yes. sex? <laughs> no. <laughs> Closer to peeing and pooping. What? Throwing up? Yes. What? It is an ugly Christmas sweater that lights up that has a unicorn puking on it. What? <laughs> What? Ultimate millennial gift guide. What is happening? This is why... Okay. What is... Ha- I don't trust this heavy.com <laughs> shit. A cookbook that is centered around cooking with what kind of cheese? Oh, Gouda. Mm-mm. American. Kraft. Velveeta. The other one. Blue. No. It's vegan cheese. What? Really? <laughs> We're not even the vegan ones. That's that's Gen X. Okay, this is the best one. Okay, you ready? This is the last and the best. Ugh, I hate this. (laughs) It's a book that is written by Matt Haig. And the book is called, uh, it's titled Reasons to Do This. Like, Reasons to blank. Okay. What is it? Have sex. Talk to people. Put your phone down. (laughs) <laughs> this is really getting close though go on the internet stop going on the internet go outside these are all very very good guesses take a walk it's called Re- have friends reasons to stay alive <laughs> what <laughs> oh man that's not even funny yeah Ugh, I don't like what any we of all it. need So Drake had a 2000 themed birthday, and I just love the embracing of the 2000s. I loved the Von Dutch trucker hat that Kendall Jenner wore. Did you see that? She literally looked like, it looked like a paparazzi photo of Pamela Anderson. Yeah. 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 Like, that is 100% Pam Anderson. Yeah. In the 2000s. Holy mackerel. Pam Anderson. Yeah. Haven't thought about her in so long. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was masterfully done, Kendall Jenner. Nice work all around, team. Yeah, and also just like what a time! I was listening. I was at um, 
I was at a party last night, a holiday party. Oh, I was like, what party did you go to without me? <laughs> and then I realized. And they were playing like like 2004 jams. Yes. You know? And it was like, this stuff is so timeless. It's still everyone started dancing on the dance floor. Yeah. Where it was just a deserted before that. Because it's all a bunch of millennials living their dreams, working at a tech startup in San Francisco. I know, but I really to... believe that, like, Get Low has stood the test of time. I, as an excellent track. I could not agree more. Yeah. On my way over here, I was listening to that Fat Joe song. Make, uh, Let It Rain. What's it? Uh, ugh, now I can't remember. So good, though. Oh. And I... And the one where like Trina's on it, and she's like, and we walk. Oh, um, and we walk around the metal detectors. What's that song? Um, I have no idea. Yes, you do. Um, and she's like, lean back, lean oh, back, yeah, lean back, lean back. back. So we don't, don't dance, dance. I just pull the pants and do the rock away. Let me hear you. Lean back, lean back, lean back. Are we just going to start singing on every episode from now on? Sure. Okay. That's why people listen. <laughs> to hear our angelic voices. Um, I totally agree. So I actually think Drake was on, like, that was, I mean, a, a perfect theme for a party. The 2000s? 2000s? Yeah. That's so right. That's so right. Yeah. I have on my dating profile that I really only stand for music between 2002 and 2009. Mm -hmm. It's a good starting point, but whenever yeah. people ask me, I'm like, I don't understand why I have to defend this right now to you. People, like, call you on it? Like, I don't know it's... if they're calling me on it or if they're just, like, trying to engage in conversation, but mm -hmm. I get very defensive very quickly. <laughs> Got it. That seems like a good conversation starter then for your dating profile. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, just believe me at my word. Why do you need to ask? Okay. But that's also why you'll know when you find the right one. I know, because they just won't even... They'll get They it. won't ask. Yeah. I want them to be able to engage in that conversation without having to ask me why. Because it's, it's not a question. It's right. just like, yeah. It just is. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh! That's why we're friends, dude. That's why what? We're friends. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't try to ask or make you defend that. Right? Uh, okay. <sighs> um... So, anyway, off to a roaring start, I would say, on today's episode. <laughs> what else do we have to talk about? We've been reading some interesting intellectual thought pieces from NPR and the New York Times. Finally a trusted source. <laughs> it's like we either got, like, vomiting unicorns or we've got, like, the, hev the heavy edits of the New York Times thing pieces. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. Great. So this is from a while ago. TBH, I definitely, like, tore it out of the actual physical magazine, and it was, like, on the floor of my room for a very long time, and then we just kept not recording the pod. So I threw it away, but then I found it online. <laughs> <laughs> this is why the print media is it's dying. dying. Um, Should have scrapbooked it. Totally. But I'm glad that you found this. Yeah, so it's an article in First Words... In the New York Times Magazine. It's written by um, this person named Willie Staley. Mm -hmm. And the cover art image is a 
Millennial Pink Lazy Boy, which I also found to be like kind of a cute little. Mm-hmm. Appreciated it. Um, he talks about sort of like the naming of millennials as sort of an an opportunity to then talk about how we have become who we are. And there's a lot that I think we've sort of tangentially kind of covered in here, but there were some interesting points. And Grace, you pulled out a couple. Yeah, I mean, I think the one the one quote that I found most, like, really, really fascinating is um, he talks about um, a book that was written in 2017 by Malcolm Harris that's mm. called Kids These Days, The Making of Millennials. And he says this that I just thought was really fascinating, both because of Malcolm Harris's take and the way that, that Willie articulates it. He says that the book sees a generation formed not by some deterministic cycle but by the punishing logic of an ever-accelerating capitalism. It lays out a compelling case that the mollycoddling and achievement obsession of this generation is actually a result of their being groomed for a hyper-competitive 21st century labor market. Millennials were led to believe in meritocracy and forced into competition for their spots within it, only to have it all pulled out from under them by a disintegrating job market, a catastrophic debt load, and a financial crisis that struck just as large numbers of them, oh, just as large numbers of them were entering the workforce. Um, of and... course, you pull the quote about the labor market. <laughs> so you're like just a cat. Saying. You're like a cat to cat nip. Uh, he also says, uh, "Put upon co- this uniquely put upon cohort." defined by economic trauma and an unfairly and unfairly blamed for all that has happened to it. Um, I mean, there's more in the article. Mm-hmm. He kind of dis- distinguishes between like early stage millennials and later stage millennials, categorizing them as good and bad, which I think is like its whole thing to unpack in and yeah. of itself. But I think what's so fascinating about this quote from Malcolm, or like this response to Malcolm Harris's book is really laying out like tying tying together these stereotypes these sort of categorizations of our generation and trying to make sense of it Um, because I think that's so much of what you and I think about with this podcast is trying to make sense of like this is what Mm -hmm. people interpret this is the behavior itself how do we look at what what contributed to that behavior so that we understand how those three different things string together. And I just think that the way that this author has written it really ties that whole bit together of it's so true. Like how do we, like we talk about the generation where everyone gets participation trophies, but how do we understand what that even means? We can't just keep going back to like, well, like, you know, these like kids these days and their participation trophies you have to understand what the behavior is that you've identified that you associate with that and also like what is what is that leading to now and what are other factors that contribute to it so I just think that was fascinating what about you Emma yeah I think that there's this sort of like well, part of the article is talking about, like, what we thought millennials were going to be and mm-hmm. what millennials really ended up being. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a lot of what his question is, is, like, 
he literally asks, to what extent does a generation shape its history and to what extent are you then shaped by history? Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a really interesting notion that like before the economic crash, and I would venture to even say like pre-9-11, there was a different sort of air about millennials mm-hmm. versus after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of these expectations of who we were going to become really under really like um, gloss over sort of like the very the heaviness mm-hmm. of I think like what we carry as a generation and I think that a lot of that is because the people that like critique us don't necessarily want to take ownership over their mm-hmm. role in the burdens that they've like placed on us mm-hmm. or the burdens that we hold because of other people's actions. Yeah, yeah. And that's not to say, like, oh, baby boomers, they've, like, they've been out for us from the beginning. No. But you can't, like, to your point, you can't ignore your complicity in shaping how the, like, the history of these last few decades has has turned out. Yeah. And it's not an individual, it's not individuals' actions, right? Like, there's mm. some individuals that we can say, like, their actions right, led right, right. to certain crises. But, like... It is so much more than mm-hmm. um, than the individual, which I think is why people really bristle when you start to like talk about generalizations of entire generations, because mm-hmm. people don't feel a real like ownership over their actions of their generations. Like I think people feel shaped by their own history rather than the agents in the shaping of their history. Mm-hmm. But as recipients of the history that is created by the generation before us, we feel like they had more agency than they probably feel like they did. Mm -hmm. Totally. So we're like, you shaped this history that then informed us. And they're like, no, like we didn't, they don't feel a sense of ownership or agency over that. Hmm. Totally. Interesting. Man, what is this? I'm, I always think with our podcasts, like the responsibility we have to say also then, what are we doing to categorize already prematurely Generation Z, right? Mm. Like, I already feel, and I had I had over Thanksgiving, which for me was recent, for you all was now maybe a month ago, um, with my cousin where we had this moment where I was like, yeah, you know, my cousin Celia, her generation is fudging amazing. Like, she, they're they're activists, they're... They're much more inclusive. They're this, they're that. And she was like, my generation sucks. And she was like, everyone's really mean to each other. There's this obsession with our phones. And it was just sort of this like kind of reminding moment of like, it's too soon to say. Yeah. Like what she described sounds like the shittiness of being a teenager far more like what it's like to, for a generational culture. And also like, it is kind of unfair for us to put these really high expectations or really low expectations on a whole entire group of people. Like it was kind of a helpful reminder. Cause in my mind, I was like putting all of this stock in Gen Z changing the world. And that's the thing that always pisses me off about like other generations saying like, well, millennials, like it's time for you to like take on the mantle of changing the world or whatever. And being the more inclusive or progressive group or whatever. I don't know. It just was like a really, so I'm just wondering like 
how do we then take this and be better to Gen Zers? Yeah, well, I, I think first of all, like, I think Gen Z needs to tell us mm. because I actually don't oh, know. Emma. Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm so glad you say that. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what it's like to grow up in this right now. Mm-hmm. I don't even understand Snapchat. 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 <laughs> Chatting on the snap. Yeah. So they, you know, they tell us. And that's why I think, like, I think a lot about, we're going to talk, we talked about this in an earlier episode, hopefully, but mm-hmm. um, in politics, like, the rift between like what we're seeing in the Democratic Party between younger generations who are so eager for change in Democratic leadership and then mm-hmm. sort of like the stalwartiness. Is that the right word? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think it's a word. I keep making words up. I like the it. like stalwartness, the strength of the, the traditional loyal, reliable Democratic Party yeah, under yeah. Nancy Pelosi, right? And it's yeah. like both sides need to listen to each other Mm -hmm. and I have no idea what's happening behind closed doors but I do think that there's like a there's a lack of understanding of ownership because once I do think what's happening is you're seeing kind of like traditional ways of doing things continuously get kind of turned upside down with the infusion of like more progressive candidates and mm-hmm. more progressive politicians, people are hoping for things to take on a new direction. But like TBD on what that means, does that mm-hmm. mean you go with Nancy Pelosi and you like push her agenda in a different direction? Or does it mean that you completely upend the system and say like, no, we need to really change this shit. We can't just like assume that everything will get better if mm-hmm. we just continue the way that things have always continued. Mm-hmm. With a little bit of shifting. Sure. From the left. Right. Left. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Don't know. But I do think that sort of like this divisiveness is really tough. I hate the like older, younger millennial piece. Mm-hmm. I hate that. Yeah. That, like, but even between our generation, this idea that there's rift happening. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that. Well, I even had a moment where I was like, well, am I close enough to the edge where I can still be considered a good millennial? Like, no. No, you are a good millennial. <laughs> you're a millennial. Yeah. Also, yeah. that was this guy's take. He was like, oh, I think. But, like, Alana, what's her face? Eliza, the comedian. She has, like, something sure called singer. Elder. Yeah, Elder Millennial. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Which isn't necessarily synonymous with good millennial, but, like, there's a little bit of, like, a holier than thou. Uh, um, I don't know if my brother is listening, but, uh, yeah, definitely exists. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I just love, I, I really appreciated the way that, that this article kind of frames the conversation and appreciate your take as well. Thanks. Thanks for reading into it. Yeah, thanks for letting it, about it letting it sit on your floor for a few <laughs> weeks. And in my inbox. TBT? TBT! Is it time? Um, why don't 
you go first. Okay. This time. Does that work? Yeah. Or would you rather go second? No, I'm good. Okay. Um, I was thinking about this song. I think I was, like, maybe drunk when I was thinking about this, but I was thinking about the song Sex and Candy by Marcy Playground. How's it go? Hang around downtown by myself and I've had so much time to sit and think about myself. And then there she was. Oh, yeah. Look at that double say, yeah, there she was. Oh, yeah. Like disco lemonade. Mm. I smell sex and candy. Oh, oh, fuck it. <laughs> oh. I smell sex and candy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. The reason I brought it up was because it was so embarrassing for that song to come on the radio Ooh. because they said the word sex. Mm. That's all. Just wondering if anyone else can relate. Yeah. What's Wait, let me see it. That song came out in probably 97. Hang around downtown by myself and I've had so much time. Oh my god. What? I'm fucking good. Was it 97? Yeah, it was 1997. Way to go. Damn. Oh, no upcoming tour dates for Marcy Playground. What else? Did they sing other stuff? Marcy Playground? I smell sex and Does he say I smell that? He smells sex and candy? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's that's like See? a part of the pro. That makes it even worse. Yeah. There was a Tom Petty song when I was a kid off an album that came out probably early thousands called Echo. Tom Petty. No, not Alexa. Uh, yeah, it came out in 99, mm-hmm. and he's like, I remember him touching your butt. <laughs> and I just, yeah, same, just like mortified. <laughs> Those are the lyrics? It was like, he remembers a series of things, one of which is, him touching your butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I want someone to say that to me. Man, you know what we should do at some point what? is like lyrics that were misheard or like, yeah. sorry, sorry, not misheard. Cause that's, there's a lot of content. I'm talking about lyrics where you like did not understand what it was actually about. <laughs> Cause there's, an, I'm also thinking of a Tom Petty song where he's like, let me get to the point. Let's roll another joint. And in my <laughs> childhood, maybe I've talked about this before. I don't know. Keep going. Well, in my head, I was like, yeah, we're going to roll another joint. We're like going <laughs> to go to another party. <laughs> Like, in my head, it was like, we're going to roll to another party, you know? <laughs> so oh, good. That stuff just goes right over your head I sometimes. I know. Thank goodness. But yeah, this no, didn't. I knew yeah, exactly what candy. was happening, and I was not okay with it. Did you, uh, what did you, like, 
what did you do in those moments with your family? I stared straight ahead in the car and pretended like I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> did you actually, like, cough during the lyric? No, that would have been too obvious. Oh. I just stared silently out the window. Got it. I smell sex and candy. But I also love that she's got platform double suede. That, to me, is, like, whatever that is, Very is pretty sexy. 90s. Oh. <laughs> platform... Platform double split, double suede. suede. Did he say double suede? Yes. Yeah, don't. I'm looking at the lyrics right now. No, I'm just saying. Like, I want to Google this because I don't get what double suede is. You know what happens when you Google platform double suede? Uh oh. <laughs> the lyrics to Sex and Candy. <laughs> <laughs> it's all circular. Oh, okay. Man. Anyway, thanks, team. Okay, thanks. your turn. <laughs> the episode's <laughs> over. That's it. <laughs> Uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to Sunny D. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was a I was a Sunny D drinker, and it just is one of those things like that is so classic where it's like, is it juice? No. Do, can we can we say it's healthy because it has vitamin D in it? And parents were like, yeah, give it to the kids <laughs> after they play soccer. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. And they had this great jug. Oh, Just remember the, like... It was so sweet. Get a good grip on that jug. It was so sweet. It was so sweet. It was, it so was not juice. It was just absolutely, like, a sh- it was a soda. And kids got that little stain on the oh, corner of their man. mouths when you drink too much Sunny D and you get that orange stain. Totally. That Oof. and High C. High C could fuck up your lips, too. And Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Ugh. What a time. What a time to be alive. I, I My throwback is a very celebratory throwback to Sunny D. I Long smell lives. sex and <laughs> sunny. Sunny. Oh, man. God Emma. bless the 90s. I know. Right? I know. What a time. Um, thanks so much, Emma. Thanks, Grace. I hope you have a great Happy holiday. holidays. <laughs> and I- a happy new year. Oh, what? Right? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> Who knows when we'll be recording the next one? It'll be 2022. See you in 2022. <laughs> Wait for us. Happy holidays, and we'll see you in a fortnight, which is maybe 2019. <laughs> maybe <laughs> five years from now. <laughs> the meaning of Fortnite is <laughs> we have a loose definition. Oh, man. All right. Bye. Bye.